Hi, this is a disclaimer that the episode you're about to hear is part of a nine-week examination of the trans allegory of Silo on Apple TV. If you haven't seen it yet and don't want to be spoiled, go watch it and come back after. But seriously, go watch it. It's amazing. Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week brings the second installment of the unintentional trans allegory of Silo. Tilly Vision powers to full. It's time to silo up. We're picking up right where we left off in the pilot. I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the blood that keeps my heart pumping, Susan Bridges. Blood? It's a good blood. <laughs> I need it to live. It's a good blood. <laughs> our returning guest for this episode and the entire rest of our silo discussion is Samantha Cuddy, a wife, mother, geek, corporate queer, and cat herder. She and her wife, Anna, have a daughter entering first grade this year, along with four cats. They live in western New York, where she's a manager at a program planning organization for an aerospace company. She's a geek who loves Star Trek, Star Wars, Babylon 5, and pretty much most things sci-fi and fantasy. Oh, and one more minor detail. In 2020, while doom-scrolling during COVID, she came across a certain webcomic, Dean's Epiphany, that led to realizations about how she felt all her life, and in 2021, she came out publicly as transgender. Welcome back, Samantha. Thank you. Glad to be back. Okay, so now I want to ask you what exactly a manager in a program planning organization for an aerospace company does, because that is a mouthful. So I've been with my company for this year will be eight years. Well, wow. And so as I was... Starting my transition, I got into management as well. Essentially, my role is to help with the planning of the main major projects at our particular locations here. Okay. So, and I also am a people manager as well. So it was a very interesting juggling act of balancing early transition, new manager, and daily work as well on top of parenting, cats parenting, and all the other fun that it yeah. was occurring back in the 2021, 2022 timeframe there. So how was transitioning there when you were at the same job? Was it was it pretty good? Did, did you have any troubles? Did people accept you? People accept me. I am very happy with the company. They actually have a very robust transgender care. And I actually felt comfortable enough to start providing feedback and commentary, which has been incorporated as well. Oh, wow. Into some of the things that happened there. I also take part in some in the employee resource group that they have for the LGBTQ plus community there. Not in a leadership capacity because I don't have time for that, but 
just try to kind of share like what my journey has been like, some of the headaches that may have been occurred, and try to make it my basically my goal is to try to make it easier on the next person. Yeah. In some ways coming out mid career at the same place was actually nice because it allowed me to kind of like walk through the paces of how do we change somebody's name, for example. Yeah. Which yeah. needed to change an employee's name because unfortunately United States tax codes and everything means that yeah. certain legal names which are needed and can't be changed until names are changed legally, which is unfortunate, particularly depending on the state you live in. Right. Well, I'm glad that they've been so open to feedback and so sort of supportive in that way, because I know a lot of companies aren't and don't handle the feedback like you can ask them, could we make this a little easier for other people? And, you know, they like, no, we can't change the systems. They won't even listen to it. So I'm glad that that has not been the experience for you. And I'm really glad that you're also making things better for the people there who who come after you. you know that's a thing that I tried to do too like with my healthcare thing I ran into this issue during the pandemic where on your ID card on like the app on the phone there's there's a photo that comes with it I guess so that the the doctors or nurses or other professionals treating you know that you're the person who has that account and they said that the photo had to be taken in person at one of their locations and this was you know I was transitioning with them and I was like, but but I can't go right now because we're in lockdown. And so if I do need to show this to somebody, I don't look like that guy in that photo. That's not me. And you're forcing me to out myself as trans to anyone I show it to. You're forcing me to show a picture of a person I never was. And I felt that it was really problematic. And they let me change it, upload a photo to change it and said that they would consider, you know, changing the policy for other trans people in the future. And that that was the most important thing for me because I didn't want other people to have to go through that too. So I'm really glad that, that you're out there doing that. Good job. It's little things like that that at first glance, I feel people don't realize means a lot, like photos, having photos updated both, right. not just at the employment, but on various other systems like healthcare. Like my, my healthcare portal has the same thing with the photo. Yeah. Where can you put in somebody's preferred name, but if the legal name hasn't been updated, kind of keep right. that back burner need to know kind of thing. And just having like, what are the policies and procedures and how do we support everybody? Yeah. Okay. So last time I asked you the best thing about transitioning. So this time, what's been the flip side of that for you? What has been the worst or one of the most difficult parts of transitioning for you? I would say the most difficult part is the concern I have about, and I'm, I don't mean this in a bad way, but the, okay. the difficulty of this is how this impacts my family, specifically my daughter. My daughter is going to be turning six in a few months there. And when I realized I'm trans and decided yeah. to come out, part of me was like, should I still, should I come out now? I have a little kid. What are people going to think? Yeah. Is this going to impact her? Right. Talking to my wife and pretty much that was, we, we agreed like the one time I even broached that question, we both agreed like that was a non-starter because not only would it be detrimental to me, it would mean hiding a big piece of myself from her living two lives. Right. Yeah. And we agreed like, how can we be good parents if we live like that, hiding ourselves, like, hiding a piece of myself within the same household and, there was like a two-week time span, I think, between starting to come out and before we decided to tell her just so we can kind of read, 
research, figure things out a little bit more. Yeah. So we made it. We made the decision to go ahead and sat down, talked to her, and kids, it's a combination of they get it but don't care. Exactly. You're my right. parent. Yeah. You're my parent. Yeah. You're a mommy now, or whatever terminology you want to use. Yep. Right. That's not to say that there's days where she says like, "Oh, I miss having a daddy" and all things like that, but it's. For the most part, she just accepts it without judgment. Yeah. The difficulty, though, is like, what do people think when she talks about her family, like having two mommies or and then yeah. pivoting to, well, I used to have a daddy, but my daddy's now a mommy. So I have two mommies now. And yeah. what kind of reaction she may get? Because I'm more worried about her. Like, if I'm yeah. okay being publicly out in trans, but... I just want to make sure my daughter is safe and is treated just like another kid. And the joy of that age is also kids, they are honest and sometimes they don't have, they don't understand the value of privacy sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. So she's aware that I'm looking, I'm about to undergo a very major gender affirming surgery. She knows the vague level, high level details because it's like we're preparing her for me being away from the house for a few weeks while I recover. Yes. So the it's like, oh no, what's happening? Am I about to get an angry complaint because a parent's about to learn a kid somebody's kid is about to learn that transgender people exist and we're scary and ah Yeah. Which I imagine sometimes me doing being a little preemptive like with schools and stuff, just like quick introduction, hey, I'm Samantha, I'm transgender, came out, daughter's aware, she may talk about it. Any questions for me? <laughs> right. But it's also just kind of wanna make sure that she's not impacted by it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Luckily, where we live, everybody's been awesome about it. No issues other than a couple of quick questions. It, usually, in most cases, they're more worried about me. But I'm like, no, don't worry about me. Is my daughter okay? Is she doing good? Mm -hmm. Anybody at school or camp or what not have you giving her issues, which has almost been universally no. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I definitely felt that too, you know, coming out wondering how it would impact our kid. It's a big thing that you know I think a lot of people don't talk about because you want to be sure that they're not going to face extra difficulties because of you or because of the way people think about you so that can be hard but you're right though that like the kids don't care because I, I think I've mentioned this before but when I told our kid his response was okay I'm like that was it he didn't care at all and it, that was really beautiful and I love that so yeah that was pretty much her reaction as well and I think the best part was I could maybe three four months into transition I went to get it from preschool went to the classroom and one of the friends was like yeah, it's Rhea's daddy and almost every kid in the class was like no that's her mommy so universal self-correction right there that's beautiful this is why i always say it's so easy to respect trans people right it's because a four-year-old could do it and you can't <laughs> right you're saying more that. about you than yeah. anyone else doesn't it yeah and i i personally feel a lot of the Hatred against the trans community is a learned behavior. Yeah. There, there are going to be some people who are creeped out, we'll say, quote unquote. But the vast majority of us is a learned behavior from some source of indoctrination, uh -huh. so to yep. speak, or yeah. feelings of uncomfortableness that they are just pushing onto everybody else. Yeah. Hate is taught, which is actually something silo talks about a little bit well we'll get there in a minute actually not in a minute because i don't think it's, this episode. <laughs> it's gonna be a bit it'll be a bit but we will get there okay where can people find you online after listening on mastodon 
my username there is reborn underscore cat underscore mom at chaosfam.tw reborn r-e-b-o-r-n underscore c-a-t underscore m-o-m at c-h-a-o-s-f-e-m dot t-w okay so let's actually get back into talking about the rest of the first episode so in the scene where Allison and Holston meet Gloria for the first time, watch their reactions to her. She's this person everyone suspects is different, is weird, is trans, and they don't want to associate with her. They think people might think they're trans, and heaven forbid. Even though, in the allegory, Allison and Holston are both trans people, in this flashback, neither of them has realized it yet. And so they're reacting to a trans person the way society has taught them to. As I mentioned before, Gloria is a trans person who never transitioned, but everyone suspects is trans. If we follow the surface story, it would be because the silo or society didn't give her quote-unquote permission to. But in so many places, society never gives trans people that permission. But it could also be that she never transitioned out of fear. She knows the truth about how the silo was preventing bodily autonomy in those it found undesirable, and who she shares that information with could come back to hurt her. Which is just like if she came out publicly as trans. She'd be cast out of society, sent out to clean, so she keeps her truth hidden, but only to a degree. People still seem to know or suspect. And note that she wants to help them with their bodily autonomy issues. She wants to help others who are like her achieve the things she never got for herself. Unfortunately, it leads her to a really dark place later on in the season. I feel like she's also the person who kind of gives you the what society won't tell you about being trans. When we within the community share like our healthcare lessons learned or I'm trying to think of the a good term of it, things that we know, like for example, how certain types of medications work, dosing yeah. and all that. The anecdotal trans healthcare that we did. Thank an you. That's on. what I was trying yes. to think of. She kind of fulfills that role in in many ways is how I feel after watching this. Like she has that knowledge, whereas what the rest of society is like, nope, here's what we will give you and here's how we will treat you. Yeah, that's a really good point. She does kind of do that. She knows the medical stuff that society either doesn't know or knows and doesn't want to tell you. So Yeah, and, and that's a big deal in your trend anecdotal health year episode that like People are saying, well, they're just trans in everyone. It's like, well, they're not very good at it because it's really hard to get good trans health care. It sure is. There's a lot of trial and error, even once you even get into the system there. Yep, absolutely. And you can see me going through that, that trial and error in the Trans Tuesday on Transition setbacks. I had a lot of issues just this past year with my own hormone replacement therapy and getting that figured out took time and it was hard to get through so it's a definite real thing in the community okay so gloria has this line where she says if you have an open mind come see me and then holston says she goes right to the edge of promising people the baby if they do what she says and it's cruel he feels like how dare gloria say she can help when nobody can help we're not allowed to do what we want with our bodies when the doctor, quote unquote, removes Allison's mandatory birth control, he says it takes a few weeks for the hormones to reset. Like, if you don't see how that is akin to him telling her about hormone replacement therapy and pretending he gave it to her. I mean, come on. 
We then learn Allison's been trying to educate people on how to recover deleted files, which seems innocent enough until you later realize that the silo has purged all information about the past. And I'd like you to think for a moment about a trans person you learned about in school. Or did that not happen? Were you not taught about our contributions to society? Were you not even taught about our very existence? We have been systematically purged from history. This is why so many incredibly ignorant people think being trans is something new, despite the fact that there's evidence of trans people going back thousands of years. We've existed as long as there have been humans. See the Trans Tuesday on trans people have always existed for more info on that. One of the good things I feel in this day and age, compared to as somebody who was born in the 1980s, yeah, the only references to trans people were derogatory. Uh-huh, to, yep. I hate I hate using that word, but that's like in media or anything else. Like that's like the main source if you even heard about them at all. Like, not even a blip was mentioned back when I was a child. But now, for all the hatred that's out there, for all the laws that are being proposed and passed, we are more visible. Kids, uh-huh. people can find out who we are that we are here that we're members of the human race members of society here yep which i feel is a big step in the right direction versus not even being known it is absolutely like you know like you say we need to be more visible so that more trans people know it's possible and can feel inspired to come out and be themselves too. But then, you know, it puts a bigger target on our backs because now they can see us and they're going to legislate against us. So it's it's that double-edged sword that always keeps coming back. Yes. So in the show, right, with Allison trying to recover deleted files and, and the way we've been purged from history, is your first indication in the show that digging into the past to the correct and vital information about our own existence isn't allowed in the silo. It's not just frowned upon, it's a crime. It's literally the don't say gay bill drilled down to don't say trans. Holston. The pact is the only history we have. What if a bunch of rule breakers decide they want to see for themselves what it's like above ground? They somehow manage to open that door, we are done. This is what society believes, that we are a danger to all of society. That by trans people coming out, more of us will think it's okay to come out, which is true. And if that happens, it will undo all of society. And that's false. It will only undo the lies of gender assigned at birth being all there is. But that's what keeps those at the top in power. And it's really, like, vague. Like, some rule breakers. Yeah. So it's like, it could be any one of you who does something. Yeah. Who breaks the rules. And then that's it. You're going to kill everyone. Well, because any one of you could be trans. And if you come (laughs) out, you're going to break everything. Gloria to Allison. Have you ever wondered what was on the servers they erased, in the books they burned, if it was even the rebels that did it? Don't you want to know the truth about history, about yourself? Also, this feels like a good time to remind you that the first book burning the Nazis did when they came to power in Germany was all the data and information collected at the world's first transgender clinic. What a coincidence. There's a link in the show notes where you can read all about it. And again, I will mention the Trans Tuesday on trans people have always existed because in there you will learn how even our allies often don't care about us because when the allies liberated the internment camps, they left the queer people in them. Allies indeed. 
And that's kind of where I feel like a lot of these laws are trying to put the genie back in the bottle, so to speak, yeah. of revert us back to the 1980s, the 1950s, the 1960s. I just realized I went chronologically the wrong way there, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> just going to be a DeLorean now, please. Thank you. But yeah, it's like they're just trying to roll it back. They're trying to put it back in, even though like our technology allows us to disseminate knowledge, share our stories, and share our experiences and help make it easier for the next next group of people that follow after us, the next generation. Right. I think it's really important that you mention that too, because that's something the show deals with a lot, is that it is the communication that we have now that lets trans people see each other and know about each other and find each other and learn from each other. And like back in the 1980s, we didn't have that. And that's what the silo is doing is controlling information. So you're going to learn a whole lot more about that as we progress on. Gloria, I've heard you're also someone who wonders. Allison, who told you that? What? Why would you think I'm trans? No, no, I'm not like you. Did someone say I was like you? Why would they say that? That exchange speaks to me of the way it feels when you've been denying the truth of your transness for your whole life. And something happens where you're afraid you've given something away. Not just to the world, but to yourself when you're not ready yet. Gloria, do you really think you're the kind of person they want having children? Again, this is a little murky and imperfect, but it works for trans people not being the quote-unquote kind of person society wants to have bodily autonomy. But it also works for trans people not being the quote-unquote kind of person society wants to be literally having children, or if you will, quote-unquote making more trans people by being out and proud and happy so that other trans people think they can do it too. I don't think you think us, I will go on the ledge on this one and also just say like, it does also speak to our medical establishment for trans people or LGBTQ families of having kids as well. Yeah. Of the processes and hoops that we have to go through just to conceive if we happen to be trans or happen to be in a lesbian relationship or a gay relationship or some other, some combination where kids can't be naturally conceived. A lot of the organizations, insurances, facilities are kind of orientated around the heteronormal couple, yep. husband, wife, male, female, who need assistance versus a lesbian couple or a gay couple who want to adopt or go through IVF or some other yeah. type of treatment in order to have the children. Yeah, it all comes back to bodily autonomy and who gets it and who's trying to restrict it, right? So, I also think it's interesting that Allison is, it seems to be more than one person knows that she's undesirable in some way. Yeah. And yeah. it's like every scene of Allison is like completely innocent seeming. Yep. And it's like showing that backlash against some innocent things just reminds me of like the backlash against, well, you can't teach children about LGBT people. I'm like, really? Because there's going to be five-year-olds who have two moms. Yeah. And how yeah. do you... And the, you can't... Not how I'm a, they know it. And like, it's okay. They're there. Like, and so it's like this completely innocent thing. Just saying, my classmate has two moms. is like seen as this horrific thing. And that's what really frightens me as a parent about some of these laws. I mean, post this. What happens to those kids? Like a kindergartner who has two moms or a parent who transitioned or two dads. How are they supposed to talk about their family in it a classroom is. where these laws exist? Or right. if one of the kids, or if they're getting bullied or mistreated by their peers, how's the teacher supposed to educate and show and 
provide compassionate teaching there to those kids yeah. without touching upon the gender dynamics there. Yeah, that's why they don't want it to be talked about because they want to normalize that kind of stuff. And well, and that just ostracizes the, the child there because now it excludes them from the from the classroom in some capacity. Yeah, or makes them feel there's something wrong with their family. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what they want. It is mm-hmm. what they want. Yeah. Allison gets a trouble ticket for George and nobody wants to help him because he's weird and strange and he's the type who asks questions. Oh, okay. yeah. Again, a flamekeeper or trans person or a suspected one and no one wants to even associate with them. Cis people shun us. Watch the Freedom Day play where society is literally indoctrinating children into lies and hate. This speaks so much to the way trans people, especially trans women, are portrayed in media as monsters or victims or jokes and rarely anything else. See the Trans Tuesday on Trans Rep in Media 2022 in movies and TV for how trans rep went in every single thing I watched last year. Spoiler, it's not so great. You can also see the Trans Tuesday on Bad Representation for a more in-depth rundown of what only seeing yourself represented in those ways can do to a person. This is to keep cis kids thinking of trans people as the other, and villainous, and bad, and wrong. And it's to keep trans kids watching too scared to come out and live their truth. It's all about controlling the population to keep those in power where they are. Pay attention during Mayor John's speech about how they blame the rebels, aka trans people, for literally everything bad that has happened to them. It's all our fault for not conforming. There's no greater threat to the lies than the people whose existence disproves them. But it's kind of ironic in that they don't have any records of what happened. Yes. Yeah, there's no proof. That's kind of what I was saying, too. Like, it's like the rebels. You don't yeah. know who they are. Or what they did. Or why they what did they it. did. Why they rebelled. Nah, they're just, just bad guys. The bad guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who were the rebels? Really? Did the rebel, yeah. Were the rebels the ones who actually overthrew society and installed themselves and then burned everything? Mm, indeed. Very good question, right? When Allison accesses the hard drive, George immediately goes to the blueprints, literally the information on why their society is the way it is or why they are the way they are. Why does society hate trans people? Why don't they want us to look? What if we're trans? Allison refuses to look and tells George he shouldn't look either. Society has conditioned her to not seek out this information, even though she has a burning desire to know. But her desire for the truth about herself and society hasn't overridden the fear yet. Allison, they can send you out to clean for this. In other words, this could out you as trans to society and get you shunned. But note, she won't turn George in. She's already breaking the conditioning and the internalized transphobia society's implanted in her. And internalized transphobia? Oh yeah, there's a Trans Tuesday on that. You betcha. It's taken me a few years to kind of still, and I'm still working on how much that affected me growing up. Yeah. Mm. Even, Even when I came out as trans, and my wife recently was reminding me of like the first Pride event. It was right around the corner of where we were living. We would go, and my internalized transphobia literally had me freezing up. Like, people were, like, asking if I was okay and not in a good okay. Like, what's going on? And it was, like, it was kind of one of those things where it's, like, I should not be here. 
But right. I want to be here. But I shouldn't be here because society says I shouldn't be here. But I want to yeah. be here. This feels right. But should. But I was told this is wrong. Yeah. Internalized transphobia is awful and it can affect us in so many ways we don't even realize. So if you haven't heard that episode, please go back and check it out because combating it is like the work of a lifetime for most of us. So it's tough to deal with. It is. So Allison goes back to Gloria to learn the truth about why she can't have a baby and why she's not allowed bodily autonomy. This then leads her back to George and her desire to see more of their forbidden history. She's waking up to her transness despite the danger it puts her in, despite society telling her it's wrong. Because that drive to know and understand ourselves is far stronger than the fear society instills in us. Eventually it's going to win out and we're going to look for answers. And it's then that she and George see the Jane Carmody cleaning file, showing the outside as birds and blue skies and green plants, not the dead world they see on all the screens in the silo. We'll talk about this more when we get to the very end of this silo discussion. But this is what clues her in to everything that society's been telling her is a lie. It's all built on lies. Once you realize assigned gender at birth is a lie, and you come out as trans and live outside the false cisgender binary matrix, you see just how much of our society is founded on similar lies, all to keep people boxed in and controlled so those at the top can consolidate their power. See the Trans Tuesday on the false dichotomy for more info. Allison goes into the bathroom and the mirror isn't clear. Her reflection isn't clear. The lies she's learned about have changed the way she sees herself so her reflection does not reflect the truth. See the Trans Tuesday on photos and reflections. The other thing I, I noticed in this is her dress and attire. Like, she's always been like, when you first meet her, she's well-dressed, makeup, everything. But then she kind of starts changing a little bit as she goes through the scenes there after this point yeah. here. You're right. That's the thing I didn't even pick up on, but she does. Her, her appearance, her presentation... Is changing. That is interesting. If you've read Begin Transmission, my Matrix Trans Allegories book, you know that reflections are a huge thing in that franchise, particularly the first and fourth movies. Silo has lots more to say about reflections later, too. So the scene where Allison tells Holston what she learned, it reads so much like a trans person coming out scene. Allison wasn't sure he was going to be able to hear what she had to say. As in, again, he would not be listening, only reacting as he'd been taught to. Which he tries to do, but she cuts him off with talking is not listening. Listen to everything else she says here, knowing what we've discussed already, and you'll immediately pick up on how much of a coming out this really is. Allison. They want docile, obedient people. Because when you know the truth, you rock the boat and fight for change for your right to be yourself, and that is absolutely a threat to a society entirely built on lies. Oh, and I also want to say, when Allison is saying this, I thought of how this isn't a surprise to her. She's always known. Yeah. She just hasn't ever said it. She hasn't accepted it or had the words for it or... Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, this is this is all coming together. These are things yeah. I've always known. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, when I came out, it, when I finally accepted it, it was like, Oh, this all makes sense now. This explains so much. <laughs> yes. 
now I just got to get past the existential terror of coming out. <laughs> yeah, and now I can move on to the next horrible existential crisis. Yeah. Allison knows the doctor didn't actually remove her birth control, but Holston doesn't believe her. She shows him proof she just cut it out of her body herself. She took back her bodily autonomy. She is accepting her transness and choosing to transition. There's also probably something to the apple on the plate with the bloody knife relating to Christianity and Adam and Eve and how defiance of the rules gets you cast out. But I think that's better left to folks who know religion better than me. It was actually Susan who first noticed that. I was thinking about it. That you were raised Christian, whereas I was really not. So yes. I think that jumped out to you more. And then when you flash back to when they were getting it taken out, the doctor was like explicitly hiding what he mm -hmm. was doing. Yeah. Like they couldn't actually see anything. Like he was just like, do you feel pressure? That's it. Yeah, huh? That's it. So it's kind of like society just going, okay, we are just going to do what we what we consider the bare minimum, so to speak, in, for some people. And not even let you see us do it so that you don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah. It's theater. It is. Exactly yeah. right. Allison to the masses in the cafeteria. None of this is real. Do you see? They want to keep you in here, so they're lying to you. There's something I say a lot in my examination of the Matrix films. I call it supertext. The opposite of subtext, and that's what we've got right here. Gender assigned at birth isn't real. Nobody can tell you your gender. It's something only you can discover for yourself. But cisgender people find they agree with what they're told, so they never realize it's a lie. Or they're afraid to even think about it. Right. And that's what mm -hmm. keeps you, quote unquote, in here oppressing trans people. In fact, I would dare say it's some people who are like, well, I hid who I was my entire life. Why should you be able to get out, come out? Oh, yeah. There's a big envy component to a lot of transphobia where not even that like they're they're closeted trans people, but just that they felt they had to live up to every expectation laid on them by society in every way. And trans people don't. And so they're envious and they hate us for that. Like, you know, the, the expectation, well, you have to be a, a cis heteronormative couple and you have to have 2.5 kids and you need a house and you need a. You know, all of these things, you have to have, a, the, the man needs a, a good office job that pays a lot and the woman stays home and is a homemaker and raises the kids. And there's all of these heavily gendered sexist expectations that society puts on everybody. And when you don't conform to those, when you break that in any way, I think it makes a lot of people really mad that they felt they couldn't do it too. And I think there's a big thing to be said about a lot of cis women, especially attacking trans women. Yeah. Because they, too, are oppressed. They are oppressed their entire lives. And how dare you? Why would you? Right. Choose to be part of that oppression in being a trans woman. Like, it just does not compute for them. Therefore, it must be nefarious. It must yeah. be you're trying to get away with something. Yeah. You're a criminal, etc. Okay. Anyway. Allison. I've been thinking about this a lot. Please, just know there's no other way. I'm sorry, honey, I want to go out. Everyone is horrified. Society, so many cis people see transition as a death and not a rebirth and process that fixes a legit medical condition. Holston, if you can boil the pact down to one rule, it is to not say you want to go outside or you will effing go outside. It is the cardinal law of this society and of our society. If you say you're not cis, 
everything in society flips and you are now on the outside forever. Mayor Johns, did anyone else play a part in this? Steer her in this direction. Nobody can make you trans, right? But again, seeing other people who've done it can make you feel like you can do it as well, but only if you're trans too. Holston. Allison feels things strongly. I think not being able to have a baby, it was just too much. Yeah, being told you can't do what you want with your own body, especially when it's medically necessary, is very, very much too much to abide. What struck me really hard about this scene, though, it's them looking for excuses. Justification, like, why is somebody trans? Like, I actually had somebody flat out ask me, did you get a professional diagnosis that you're transgender? And it's people, like, trying to explain and find an excuse of, why is this person trans? Why does this person feel this way? Why is this person coming out? Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting, too, what Samantha said earlier about how now there's a lot more visible trans people. Yeah. And this is actually why there are more kids coming out. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. They're out. They're trans. You can see that person. They are famous trans yeah. people. If you can see it, you can be it. And it's just, they're like, no, it must be the influence of some horrible other LGBT yeah. person who's done this to my child. It's like, no, they just saw it. And they said, hey, that's they me too. Yeah, It's this therapist who's putting these ideas in my child's heads. It's the doctors uh -huh. who want to pump them full of estrogen, which would be sure. kind of, which, as we all know, it's so easy to get transgender health care. So healthcare. easy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right before Allison goes out, she tells Holston, if I could wind back the clock and not know what I know, I would, in a heartbeat. It'd be so much easier to not know our truth and keep living a lie, but that wouldn't be living, would it? Allison, but what I found out, what they told us, isn't true. Holston, so? He thinks if she found this out, she should have told all the authorities and not said the words that get you sent out there to die. He doesn't understand why the truth of her existence is more important to her. She tells him how the screens are a lie and aren't showing reality. Holston, I know what I'm seeing. Allison, not if it's just what the computer wants you to see. As somebody who, once upon a time, used to do information technology computer work, uh -huh. that sentence kind of made me chuckle and also kind of feeds into the whole aesthetic. Like, they take for gospel that what they're seeing is what's really outside. Yeah. But, like, almost anybody in our world here would know, like, images can be manipulated. Images can be changed. Yeah. So the fact that their society has conditioned them into thinking that this is the truth is just something that I was like, this kind of took as a, found a very interesting data point there and how everything was set up and also kind of how a lot of the things that are going on are trying to do that to some level. Yeah. It's all connected. It is. <laughs> so when people get sent out to clean, they're given a little piece of wool they can use to clean the camera sensor. And Allison asks... Why do people clean? Holston, to get the dust and grime off the sensors so we can see. Allison, no. Why do they go through with it? Most people swear they're not going to do it. When you arrested Brent, he said you'd have to put a bullet through his head and throw him down the stairs because he wasn't going to clean. And then what did he do? Holston, he cleaned. Allison, 
I think people clean because they hope somehow that they can show people the truth, that the outside is a lie. When I get out there, if that's what it's really like, I won't clean. I'll wave goodbye because I will have made the biggest mistake of my life. But if I'm right, and it's green and lush and beautiful, I'll pull my wool out and I'll start to clean. And you'll know. And then I'll walk over the hill and find out what's going on. And then I'll come back for you. We then see her being wrapped in her suit with what we know after seeing the entire season is the faulty heat tape. We'll talk more about that at the end, but it's here now, right from the beginning. Mayor Johns, you have been charged with violating the cardinal law of our society. Any spoken request to leave the silo is granted, but it is irrevocable. Once uttered, it is determinative. There's no coming back. You're out and we don't want you. And when they say you are outside the law, they're admitting you're dead to them. Their law is all they care about, never mind if the laws are wrong. There's a big difference between something that's unlawful and something that's unjust. Everyone watches her go out. Allison rises up the steps out into the world, and then she cleans. Everyone cheers. She goes to walk over the hill, but then slows, staggers. She falls and dies. Two years later, Holston gets a file on George. He's dead. He went over the rail and fell. They don't know if it was an accident or suicide. Holston went to investigate, and that's when he met Juliet. Look at the first shot of her inside the generator. It's physical. It's visceral. There's muscle and grime. And that is not what society has told us how a woman should be. Quotes on that should. You learn from shot one that Juliet doesn't conform to gender norms. Because well, you've seen a lot of women already in the show. Yes. And none of them look like that. Absolutely not. I thought I'll say like almost everybody at the level that she's working at, the engineering level, is different. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, the, even the chef's deputy, like, the chef's deputy on the top level is, like, what you would still typically think of as a chef's deputy. But down below in the engineering level, he's a guy, low-key, casual, and long hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's subtle, non-conforming gender markers on a lot of the people down there. Right. Oh, yeah. Also note that a lot of people call her Jules, which can certainly be short for Juliet, but it's also the masculine form of the same name. Everything about her reads as trans, or at the very least, gender nonconforming. And Holston's time with her is what changed him, or rather woke him up to his own truth. Marnes, what happened to you? For two years you were dead inside. Then you met Juliet Nichols. Holston, I finally started listening is all. To her, or to himself? Because in those two years he overcame his fears about Allison and about his own truth. Holston. Either way, I'm done. I've got to know the truth. He's realized he's trans too, and is going to follow Allison on the path to self-actualization, even though it means society will shun him. Thanks for being here, Samantha. Thank you for having me. Next time, we're finally going beyond the first episode, and would you believe it gets even deeper? Of course you would, or else there wouldn't be anything else to talk about. You ain't seen nothing yet. Tilly Bridges, and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Julian Morgan. 
Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at facebook.com slash tillysbridges, and on Insta at heckyeahtillybridges. And you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at TillysTransTuesdays.com. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.